Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Game On brings you this new segment. It's totally, totally different than what you're used to. Um, we want to try some off-brand stuff with you. We figured coronavirus is weird times. Let's get the podcast a little weird. So we're doing this new thing called the Film Huddle. And uh, on a weekly slash bi-weekly, maybe monthly basis, we're trying to figure that out. We are going to try to figure out whether or not uh, this is a good idea. That being said, the first film we're doing is called Eyes Wide Shut. Um, and with me today, of course, I have a really cool guest by the name of Mr. Psychosis. So make sure you say hello first. Hello, Danny. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so uh, Mr. Psychosis is very, um, very thoughtful. He always asks me how I'm doing. That's important. Uh, the point of the segment is to break down these films that are going to be on the bizarre side. They're not the normal flicks. They're not the popcorn um, trivial movies. No offense to any of you out there. Um, this is not going to be the Avengers. This is not going to be the action Rambo film that you saw last week or any of the Fast and the Furiouses. Um, we are focusing more on movies that uh, create conversation like the ones we're going to try to have today. Um, and I'm not trying to brag because I, I, this movie is crazy. Um, but then nonetheless, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And Mr. Psychosis and I are just here to pretty much go off on certain topics that we liked about the movie and just talk about it. So if you haven't seen Eyes Wide Shut, uh, pause the video, go watch it, and three hours later, come back and, and, and uh, join us. Uh, otherwise, away we go. Um, uh, psychosis, I, I got to tell you, I saw this and um, uh, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I watched this movie. We watched it last week, and I'm still trying to piece it together. And I wake up every day thinking about it, and nothing happens. So we'll start with well, that. I, I don't know that I'm going to have all the answers to your questions. But given that I'm a big Kubrick fan, there, there are some little things we can unlock and maybe figure out now. Not all our interpretations are going to be correct. Some are going to be spot on, some aren't, but that's just the nature of interpreting anything. And also, look, uh, some interpretations are, are going to be off in the sense that Kubrick never said that this was the theme of the movie, etc. But what happens sometimes with works of art, there's the intention of the artist. But then there's also what he or she picks up from the culture and is not even aware that is in the work of art. And then interpretation brings that out. So I don't know. Maybe we're full of it. Maybe we're coming up with shit that we don't know what we're talking about. But let's give it a shot. Dude, that's that's uh, that's that's what hooked me, you know. And and I've noticed that, right? If you take any class, like in our English class in high school, you know, a lot of times the teacher would give you all these interpretations, and you'd come up with one that was pretty what you would think was very valid and they would say oh not really it's like who the hell are you are you the authority on this like you don't know what the author meant the author could have meant 15 different things and 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 that's part of the fun is exploring the maybes and maybe nots but either way there's depth and, and there's a there's a there's a context and there's an undertone to talk about it or something so so again um i'm gonna and jump I, right into it go ahead, go ahead. You, before I, I think with kubrick is the director to, he's the perfect director through which to break down a movie because his attention to detail he was very specific even you probably noticed in eyes wide shut there um, the background tells a story so there's a lot to interpret even from the background he was very meticulous so 
Okay. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go. No, no, go I cut you off. No, I said, okay. Like, like this is all good. So, um, eyes wide shut, uh, quick synopsis from my perspective. Um, if I have to start, I've never done a book club, by the way, and this is as close as I'll get to it. Um, but you know, to me, the film, by the way, it was Stanley Kubrick's, I think it was, I'm not, I didn't do any research on purpose. That's the whole point of this. I, it's coming natural. I really do think, if I, eh, historically, it was his last film, and he certainly passed away before it even got released, I think, or something like that. Yes. Um, so, so he left us with this very confusing piece of art, um, which, which is, and I mean that in a positive way, we're trying to puzzle it. So, synopsis. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman are the main stars. They play a, a doctor husband and a wife who is, um, an art, she kind of like does like uh, uh, museum arts, artsy stuff, art gala kind of thing, right? Art gallery stuff. And, and uh, she's currently unemployed, but she's still the rich doctor's wife. And they go to a party and right away you can tell the theme that is going to be heavily sexual right away because he gets, you know, he, they split up at the party. It's a very fancy, fancy party. None like I've ever been to. And they start to go their own way. He gets tempted into a threesome by two models that just have a thing for the doctors. Meanwhile, this Hungarian guy or whatever he's from starts to try to get her to sleep with him. And then they start to realize just how fragile relationships can be uh, and how sexually impulsed the human condition is. And that's how it starts. Um, and I think we can start from there. And then the movie gets weird. Um, <laughs> Um, to, <laughs> to say the least and, and long story short she acknowledges with him that night because he her, so we'll get to this but uh, synopsis first she they have a conversation he talks about his security in the relationship with her and she starts to tell him hey do you have no idea how non-secure this really is and she rattles his world she shatters his shit by saying you know that night that we pretty much planned to have a kid and all that and that we we're happy to be together I met a guy who rocked my world, like, like not even love at first sight. She, it was almost like lust at first sight, lust so powerful that she was willing to shit on the entire relationship. I mean, and she acknowledges it to him. And then at that moment, he gets a phone call. He's a doctor. He's got to go attend some family uh, death that he's been very close to. So he's got to go to the, it looks like a New York kind of feel. I don't know where it's actually filmed. He goes there with a taxi, shows up um, and, and then pretty much on the way back gets tempted into an odyssey. Basically, he gets tempted to go to these weird places. He ends up, he ends up on the way back home, he ends up going to like a fucking sex cult old orgy thing because he was just curious to, to see what these things and hit his, his anger with her caused a curiosity in the sexual world. And he starts exploring that in this Freudian odyssey, I would say. And uh, yeah, so, you know, apparently with uh, life threatening implications because he wasn't supposed to be there and, Basically, the movie ends with them acknowledging that they just got to keep fucking. And um, that's, that's the simple synopsis. Um, everything in between we'll try to tackle here today. Um, so let's start with uh, what direction maybe you want to pinpoint from the earlier stages of the film. Um, and we can start there to, to build a ground. Well, let's start with the title. Ah, Okay. Let's start with the title. So it's based on a short story by Arthur Schnitzler. So the original short story is called Dream Story, but Kubrick decided to change the title to Eyes Wide Shut. Now, why? Why that title, Eyes Wide Shut? I, any thoughts that you may have? First thing, that, that, that's what I had in mind the entire film, is very interesting choice of uh, title. I don't know... <sighs> So, a couple of things that jump out of the page. Eyes wide shut, meaning 
you know, you're still hearing things when your eyes are wide shut. There, there's still a, a perception that you're trying to ignore when you're closing your eyes. There's still a static background that you cannot avoid. There's, there's, a, there's, an, ex, there's an existent theme. There's something happening, even if your eyes are wide shut. Um, and I think that's the movie kind of explored that, but I couldn't, and again, this is why I'm confused about the movie. I, I could not put my finger on what the movie was exploring with the theme eyes wide shut. Well, so I'm, yeah, go ahead. We might be, we might be like Nick Nightingale just with blindfolders on and just playing music, right? So the theme of mass and, and eyes and not, not seeing things keeps coming up. So eyes wide shut, I, I, the way I interpret it is something that is so obvious right in front of your face, but you still miss it. So what is it that we're missing? It, with Kubrick films, there's always the plot. There's always the theme that is right in front of your face or your eyes. And then there's the subtext, what, what we cannot see. So. The, 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 the obvious theme is sex, right? But I have this theory, and I'm not the only one who has this theory, that what we're not aware of and what a lot of the characters are not aware of is the theme of class and uh, financial standing. And it hits you right away. I, I, I don't know if you remember the first, first line in the movie. I think the, the first line is said by Bill, uh, the Tom Cruise character. Uh, where he says, uh, honey, have you seen my wallet? So right there in that first line, the first sentence, you have the, the word seen, did you see, and wallet. So it's alluding right from the beginning on money. I'm, and I'm, Danny's uh, making I'm, a face. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That silence is a face I'm making. His mind has been blown. Because now I'm going back to all the scenes in which I'm thinking, <laughs> how much money does this fucking guy have? I mean, everywhere he goes, he's just, this guy is like the friend you want to hang out with. It's like, hey, I need, I need, I need some coins for the arcade machine. Here's a hundred. See if they can break a hundred, you know? Um, so yeah. So, and, and yeah. If, if you notice, went, it, you, you, you use the word, uh, I'm sorry. No, no. You use the word Odyssey. And it's funny, the, the whole night, he's on this odyssey, this sexual odyssey, but he's paying everyone off. He's paying off a prostitute, he pays off the costume guy, uh, paying everyone off. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, he did run into a prostitute that I don't he... know. If, if you, you... I, no, I haven't tied that yet. I haven't tied that. Um... But I forgot to tell you. So to go into the sex cult, he had to get a costume at like two in the morning and nobody's, you know, he had to literally bang on the door of the guy who owned the shop and he had to give him like a hundred and whatever money. He had to give, he gave him like $200 nearly over the price of the rental just to get it at that time of night. $200 over the cost. Which was like 150 already face value. And then, and then he gets, he, he almost has sex with a prostitute, but then realizes that maybe he shouldn't or uh, uh, something happened where he's like, you know what? You keep, so he, he pays her anyway, even though he doesn't do anything. He pays her and, and leaves. So this guy's got money for days. So eyes wide shut, opening scene of the movie, I missed it. And, and you're so right. He goes, honey, have you seen my wallet? And she's over the, the bathroom sink getting ready. And uh, you, you can go on from there. I haven't pieced it together yet. Right. Uh, so, I, I mean, let, let's start at the party. Uh, he goes to this guy's party. It's obviously a patient of his. Well, Dr. Bill is not 
just a regular doctor. He seems to be a doctor for these wealthy individuals. And if you noticed, uh, the host's name is Victor. So right at the start, it's telling you this guy won the capitalist game. He's a victor, right? And <laughs> then you have, you alluded to this, the, the two girls that grab onto him, kind of accost him, while his wife, Alice, is dancing with this, who, he's a Hungarian uh, aristocrat of some kind. But uh, that's a whole separate story. So notice the two girls accost him, and they seem to know him. Uh, from their past or something. And it, I don't remember exactly what they said, but as they're directing him and he feels a little bit uneasy because he's a married man, uh, he says, girls, where are you taking me? And they say, of course, well, we'll take, we're taking you to the end of the rainbow. I don't know if yeah. you remember yeah. that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stuck with me. So uh, you also see that rainbow at the uh, at Milich's, the uh, right. costume guy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I believe the costume shop is called Rainbow Costume or, or Clothing Store, right? So it, what's at the end of a rainbow? Uh, a pot of gold. There you go. So that, that's another little clue what the subtext of this movie is. Another little clue, there's a scene um, I, I want it to say toward the end of the movie where uh, their daughter, Bill and Alice's daughter, um, she's, she's doing homework and right. she's doing math. Right. And uh, I, I think the math problem is a very simple one. It's a subtraction problem. With some and it's something about, yeah. yeah, Joe has more money than Mike. Yeah. So I don't know. Were there any other scenes now that when you look back or when you remember that strike you? No, uh, not at the moment. So uh, I'm still, again, with the same floaty sensation as though I was watching the movie. Now I realize that having to talk about it, I am deeper in shit than I thought. Um, so, so, so no, and this is good. Cause I'm now, now I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> poor bill, man. That motherfucker went through some shit. Um, okay. So, um, oh, by the way, fun fact, it didn't help that nobody at my house likes Tom Cruise. I had to keep shutting them up. They're like, Oh, I don't oh, like, you can I, add me to that list. I, I don't like his face. Yeah. It's like, shut up. I don't, I don't like yours. Shut up. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, so we're trying to piece together the, the obvious, obvious, this is what's obvious. So I'll, I'll work with what I can. The obvious power play from the money standpoint and how the edge of the rainbow, I, I took edge of the rainbow more as a magical place, not necessarily, uh, and is it the word inference or yeah, not, not inferring an actual, I don't know. I thought it, it not an actual money, money, money thing. I took it more as an artistic expression of the, where the magic happens. And, and maybe that's where the movie's trying to take me. But again, I didn't catch the Victor thing. Cause that's not how I watch things. Um, otherwise I'd go crazy. Uh, 
um, and, and, I didn't, and I didn't catch the, yeah. And the rainbow is the only thing I caught. But again, catching it in itself for me is not enough. Like I understood the reference of the rainbow and I saw how uh, obvious it was, not just in one place, in, in multiple places. You see rainbow awnings and things in the street. And very and, and and a lot of the rainbow colors were were chosen for Christmas lights that were also very prominent in some of the scenes where he was lucky to be alive and you see that in the newspaper and this whole like magic yes. touching on this magical place of lucky lucky charms lucky rainbows lucky this and I understood the continuous uh, the focus on this I just again I'm still floating around to and understand or appreciate the importance. Um, so distinction between catching something and, and understand, I caught it. I'm still floaty. Does that make sense? Yes. So, so she said the two girls that were very attractive models say to him, we're taking you to the edge of the rainbow and then we're there. So, so now what? So then it cuts to the scene where they're uh, smoking pot and <laughs> I guess the truth of their relationship or uh, certain truths come out that night. And <laughs> that's a very interesting uh dialogue there oh it's it was great and i hate to cut you off one thing by the way uh that was a horrible representation of the effects of marijuana i want to be the first to say that they made her seem that she wasn't not nobody on weed talks like that if anything she would have been more clear she seemed very drunk in my opinion but anyway go ahead I love how 90s marijuana movies make mar marijuana people <laughs> are so fucked and they can't even talk. And it's like, dude, whatever. Anyway, go ahead. So when you say that, wait, wait, there's something to that. So this maybe will give you insight into Kubrick's um, lack of exposure to drugs. It was somewhere. I don't remember where, but I read that... Um, he never did drugs and he thought that good artists should never do drugs because something like marijuana might even influence your work or have you have too much of a rosy view on life if you're doing art while on a drug like marijuana. So that, that's interesting. Well, I mean, I would say to Kubrick, with all due respect, that I, yes, granted, right you're taking a substance but again art if anything is 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 the uh, manifestation of an impression and and whether that's the whether that impression is sober or not it is still uh it is still valid and and of course i know you're not arguing for the validity or lack thereof i'm saying more of you know uh art sometimes extrapolates the things that no. you go ahead go ahead so we're a little we're a little no, bit no, laggy, i think but I'm just saying that, like, you know, for me, for me, it's, I don't know, I guess I'll have to think about that one and come back to it. But going back, Nicole Kidman, I saw her, uh, she, was, she was very out of it, and she starts talking. And um, you said it on the nail. I mean, that, that, that conversation is very interesting. I don't, I don't understand her motives for wanting to tell him that that night. Uh, you know, it, it, it came from a very interesting place. You know, I think she got, I think she was awakened by the guy trying to hit on her at the party almost she was like right. on this drug she was on a drug herself she had just been served a drug which was the charm of that guy who made her feel in a way that let's be real her, you know she probably hasn't felt that way with her husband because the, the 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 horrific nature of the situation is that you get compliant in a relationship you get comfortable you forget what it is to really be hit on or 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 actually engage with someone who's hitting on you and hitting on them back with full 
liberty. It's something you don't get often. So she got close to that again, and she felt something that juiced her. Because when she's, because I know that they, the movie establishes them smoking marijuana as a normal thing. They put the kid to bed, and she's just in bed smoking a joint right before she goes to sleep. So it, it, the movie establishes that as a norm, which means it doesn't. And then Tom Cruise's reaction to her talking also is very indicative that this is not the usual rhetoric in the bedroom. <laughs> this is not what they usually talk about because his face said it all. Like he was just. I, I, I think you noticed. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you noticed something significant. This whole thing started before the marijuana. So remember, it, it, there is a mention. I, I think she tells this to the Hungarian aristocrat. She says um, that she used to be a gallery owner, but the gallery owner, the, the gallery went bankrupt. So again, uh, money comes into play. So one can only assume that the subtext of this is that, okay, she gave up her professional career. Now she's a wife and a mother, but she sort of misses her independence or her, her, her career. So yeah, th this, this was brewing earlier that night. And I'm sure that the Hungarian aristocrat reminded her of who she was before. I felt that I felt that her identity that she, an identity that she had long been longing to connect to finally connected. And I think that was a big driving force in just her just saying what she had to say that night to Tom Cruise, which is essentially what we can argue creates the, the, the film, because I don't think Tom Cruise's character would have been otherwise curious or, or, or awakened, right. Eyes wide open and kind of thing. Right. I don't think he would have had yeah. his, it's, it's against his character. He's a safe player. He plays everything by the book. He's good looking, but he's never really uh, used it in his, you know, he, the only thing he used his good looks for was to get him in, in, in the, in the, you know, to the, to the wife, the kid, the doctor life. And that's it. He, now he's like, Whoa, you know, my wife is not as secure as I thought, because essentially what she tells him in the bedroom is that, you know, how can you be so sure? And that line was so powerful. I, I felt it. And, and the, and Kubrick's choice yeah. of music in this film is something I'm going to touch up on later. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. There, you know, rather than bringing you this harmonious soundtrack, he gives you two or three notes. And I promise you, some 30 or 40 second, some, you know, you thought Jaws was bad. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, Kubrick abuses two notes for way longer than Jaws does. And you start to, and it starts to make an impression on you. And it really starts to build. Oh, anyway, movie, music's another thing. But she's pretty, in that, in that scene is where I realized the music was great because she starts to say something in the very subtle music starts playing i think and she's like how can you be so sure because he was sure that she wouldn't have an affair he was sure of it and she goes how can you be so sure and then she goes on to tell him the story of how she pretty much has been fantasizing about uh, well she that the when she came up when that one night wherever they were years ago as before they had their kid she pretty much fantasized about uh you know being with another guy and and she even acknowledged she said you know if that guy would have if i if the opportunity would have presented itself i would have thrown this entire relationship to shit for even if it was just for one night i would ruin my life and that's essentially i think where the film begins that's, that's very significant because she indicates to him i am willing to blow this whole thing up fuck this marriage fuck uh the fact that we have a kid together I was willing, I almost blew the whole thing up uh, just because of a glance. 
And then you see Tom Cruise's face like, oh my God, my whole little secure bourgeois life could have been blown up like that. So that leads me to the question, what is the true fantasy? Is the fantasy what he experienced that night at the orgy or is his entire life a fantasy that can be blown up just like that? At least we can argue that the foundation he thought he had with his reality was not set the way he thought it was. We can start there. We can say, we can say, yeah, you know, he, he thought he was standing on solid ground and essentially it was a, it was one layer of cheap plastic over quicksand. Um, and, and I think that was the moment where essentially his character is born because up until then he was just a generic, you know, piece of crap, Bill the Schmill, you know, just uh, average Joe doctor who makes yeah. money, big deal. He, he's obsessed by that thought of her having sex with this naval officer, which by the way, in the short story, uh, the, the vacation spot is Denmark. So obviously oh. in the movie, it was changed to Cape Cod because Americans can relate better going on vacation to Cape Cod than to Denmark. Um, but anyway. <laughs> it wasn't in Vienna. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> but that's the thing with Kubrick. If you notice, go back to Clockwork Orange. We can go back to The Shining. We can go back to Full Metal Jacket. Uh, he has this Freudian idea that civilization is so fragile. And thank God we have civilization. Thank God we channel all this id, this sexual and violent energy in productive ways. And if we didn't have civilization, oh my God, we'd go around raping and killing each other, which to a degree we do. So she indicated to him that this whole facade, this whole fragile little family thing we have going, I could have blown that up. Okay, that's a good start. I can finally, uh, obviously, the easier part of the film to get. I, I'm, I'm there, you know? And I think it's what hooked me the most, that line. How, how are you so sure? And I looked over at Tom Cruise like, yeah, big dog. How are you so sure? You know? You yeah, how even... are you so sure that this little fragile thing we have cannot be blown up in an instant? Yes. And, and her awareness of that because of her experience that night. And of course, the marijuana plays into it. And there's a lot of, and, and here, another fun fact that I noticed, we don't really see her in, in, a, woke, in a very uh, uh, sober state, so to speak, until the very end of the movie. She's either like right out of her sleep where she's like, oh, I had a bad dream. And she's kind of like not there. And she's just telling him about another one of her sexual fantasies, which even worsens Tom Cruise's condition. I, I should stop saying Tom Cruise. His name is Dr. Bill, let's say, Bill. Bill's Bill's condition with his, Bill with his session. Well, yeah, Bill. I'll say Bill. Bill is the main character. The doctor. Bill is now pretty much radicalized by this, and she keeps hitting him. Like it's like like come on, you only take one nut shot. You don't take two shots to the nuts on the same day. It's not a good. It's not a good time. <laughs> and he's getting his. You know, he's getting speed bagged by by Nicole by by his wife. And she's trapping him. God, man, I felt so trapped. I was like, woman, <laughs> you've said enough. You know, but, um, and I do have my criticisms because maybe I'm a little more open. I don't know what the hell it is, but to me, a girl waking up and telling you about a weird orgy fantasy is not in itself something worrisome. And he even acknowledges it. He goes, it's just a dream, babe. It's just a dream, but not now, 
Not after she said to you what she said. No. <laughs> Not anymore. This is, this is no longer a game, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, yeah, uh, she's never in a, in a fully awake state. She's always either right out of a dream or, or, or drunk at the party. We barely seldomly see her. Uh, it's only when she's getting ready. When she's getting ready to put on her makeup and do things to, to act a part. But to be herself, we only get those moments when she's in this not all the way awake state until the very end of the movie when she's at the toy store with the Christmas shopping and all that. And even then, she seems fogged. So I found it very interesting how Stanley Kubrick never showed her to be yeah. sharp in a sober way at 100%. She is is fogged and he is fogged again that early scene when they're getting ready to go to the party she asked him did you notice my hair so oh and he again, goes yeah you look beautiful you look beautiful she, you didn't yeah. even look right you know i also thought that the writing i don't know who wrote this film this did kubrick write it himself i don't know i think he did the screenplay oh i think shit. of course of course uh, <laughs> uh, I know, have to double check. I, I do. I did. Maybe my interpretation is that they also made a lot of jabs at at males. Uh, you know, the the male unawareness of women's sexuality, which has been pretty much prominent in all of history. Right. This is the most sexualized that we've allowed women to be in their own sexual identity. Like like women orgasm is not something that we give a shit about until like yesterday. Like if you think about it, like it was always. The, the women are just the ovens that, that get prepped for baby and breeding. And, and I mean, fun fact, do you know actually when the first ever fully imaged uh, women clitoris was actually put in a doctor's book, in a biology book, in a human biology book? Dude, I'm sure more recent than, than we think. Less than 30 years ago. Less than 30 wow. years ago, we actually, to the point where <laughs> somebody showed me, like, you know what this is? I was like, nope. And they went, that's, that's a clitoris. I said, well, shit. <laughs> you know? I was like, damn, you know? It's, it's really funny. I'm joking, but this is a true story. It makes me sound like a total virgin, but I, I promise you, a fully imaged clitoris is an octopus. It's got all these nerve endings that lead to places we've never seen. And, and, and my point is that women's sexuality has been very hindered, even at the professional medical field. And I thought that this film was making a lot of jabs at that because he was so sure that his wife would not think sexually about other men because, hell, she's married. And he was and, and uh, the whole like, how do I look tonight? And, and him going, oh, you look great. The typical guy thing. He seemed very typical guy. Like, you know, girls are not sexual. That's for yeah. us boys. We, we put it in a tree. that His, has his line was. His line was, uh, women don't think like that. Exactly. And that that's when she went off. Oh, you think we don't think like that? <laughs> so I, I did see that more as a, a jab at men's uh, unawareness and that, and that women's, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, women's sexuality hasn't been explored too much in terms of uh, identity in society until recently. And I felt like the film was trying to bring that to light as well through Bill. Um, it could be off, but that's and what. And then uh, when he begins his odyssey, right after that, now he starts seeing sex everywhere. I thought it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with, well, let's, let's go to uh, his first stop when he stops at that patient's house. Oh, yeah. uh, I <laughs> think his name was uh, Lou Nathanson. 
Now, did you notice anything interesting in, in her look in terms of the daughter's look? No, no. It looked very, uh, she looked old fashioned if I remember her. That's about it. That's all I can remember. Didn't she look to you like a little bit more uh, of an old fashioned Nicole Kidman? Fuck. Nope. I didn't tie that. And I, I, like, I, I did catch on to the old fashioned. Before you said it, I was like, she does look like a little outdated, like older, you know, like an older person that's not with the modern times kind of dress. She did give me that feel. Um, but no, she did not resemble a, a older Kidman. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but um, there was the second instance of the night where he meets a woman who's willing to blow everything up. And I don't think it's a coincidence that She's blonde like Nicole Kidman. She, she is thin like Nicole Kidman. And she says to him, look, um, well, she kisses him out of nowhere. And she basically says, I'm willing to go wherever you go. I, I don't want to move with my fiance. I want to live close to you. I am willing to blow up my my." Uh, my marriage or my future marriage to this guy just to be with you. So sh shit, second, second time in the night where a woman's willing to blow everything up just based on lust. Yeah. I caught on to that. Uh, yeah. And, and that's very powerful. I mean, she even, she even uh, uh, sneaks a kiss on him and he has to be like, whoa, 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 what's this? <laughs> and of course, and of course there's the whole thing where, you know, uh, you know, funerals tend to spike up uh, sexual desire because of the whole full circle. Oh, now you're going into Freudian territory. Okay, well, then fuck me dead then. Um, you know. No, no, that's a great thing. I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the life cycle thing. It's the whole philosophy with that, um, that I skipped in school, but, but still willing to talk about um, out of authority, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, so in all reality, she, she, I did think that, at that scene, I'm tr again. I'm 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 trying because I know Kubrick. So as I'm watching this movie again, I realize what a what a what a juvenile I was when I first watched it because I was at least aware of things the second watch, and I was I'm watching it through the eyes of what I know about Kubrick. And at that point, I thought he was just trying to point to the um, to the death thing, the whole death sexuality mix, uh, and I kind of missed the imp the more impactful thing i still caught it but i missed the I, I i put it as the second shelf which is that yes it's the second time we run into uh, a woman willing to just blow it all out of the water just 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 to be close to a lustful and he even tells her you don't know me you don't know me i remember that specifically he goes we don't know each other we don't know each other are you crazy and and she's willing to blow it all up for a guy she doesn't even know. One thing I found very interesting is that when Tom Cruise enters the building, okay, to, to the, I keep saying, I said I was going to say Bill, but I'm going Bill Cruise apparently. I'm going to use both names here. <laughs> As he enters the building, he, uh, the camera is on his right side and the camera work follows him. He enters the room, we get his profile. He then turns his back to the camera, and then you get that Kubrick shining hallway camera work where it feels like you're going to see the two little girls show up at any moment. Yeah. It follows him in such a way where it's almost like it's already letting you know, hey, we're embarked on some shit here, so pay the fuck attention. 
Yeah. And then when homie, the actual, because, okay, so he go, he gets to the room. There was a, the, the story here is that he's visiting a, a, a patient of his who died and his daughter is very close to the doctor because the doctor obviously took care of them as a family. Now the doctor has desires with him, acknowledges that she wants to blow it all out of the water just for one night, just to be close to him, whatever. So as he's getting there, the camera pans behind him and follows him very, it was a very artistic shot, I would say. And then when her, when the, the daughter's husband or fiance, whatever, shows up to the apartment, he's greeted the same way. The maid comes in, the maid answers the door, takes his coat, whatever. But we're seeing it from the hallway perspective. We're no longer seeing it from behind. He, the camera doesn't follow him. So right away, Kubrick, I think with his visuals, wants to set a, a separation of, of just how uh, we're, we're following Cruz. That He's kind of trying to show you that like Cruz is on the other side now where he's actually the guy that, that his wife wanted to fuck, essentially, is what's happening. And I think he establishes that with cinematic language, and I, that I picked up right away, and I went, oh, my God. You know, the fact Did that- Did you notice, I'm sorry to cut you off, did you no. notice the fiancé looked like him? Well, I mean, resembled him, right? He, he seemed uh, educated, he had fancy glasses, he had a, a little fancy scarf. Uh, what do you mean by look like him? Is that what you're referring to? Physically. I mean, it, dark hair, good looking. Uh, sure, the only difference is he wore glasses, but um, well, his you wife saying? or his fiance is blonde. Look, there seems to be throughout the movie um, a lot of the women and a lot of the characters are generic. They look alike, and I don't think that was just random. So if, if, if you notice, the prostitute that is passed out at Victor's party looks kind of different, it kind of similar to the other prostitute that he meets later in the night, Domino. Agreed. Agreed. I actually, yeah, yeah now that I'm thinking about it, I actually, actually agree. Yeah. It's almost as if all the bodies are generic, kind of like all the women at the orgy are just generic. They're just bodies. Okay, for the bodies that you can buy for pleasure. Okay. All right. So the the the, the fiance of the daughter that is you know he he looked the same, but again again, it's it's hard to catch that. And for me, it's because like the movie's got a bunch of white people with dark hair. You know, a lot of, a lot of the '90s movies did. <laughs> Unless it was a good cop, bad sure. cop movie, then you, would get, then you would get, you know, Eddie Murphy and Jackie Chan if it wasn't, you know. Um, so, so yeah, okay, we'll, we'll roll with that. They look the same. And, and what, what purpose was that for? What do you think, what do you think that, let's say it's purposeful. I missed it. What, what do you think that was trying to encapsulate? Well, I think especially, you mean that scene specifically? Yeah, let's just work our way with the scene that we have. The fact that the, 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 the fiance that arrives looks the same as Tom Cruise. I think it dawns on Bill that, oh my God, that, that could be me. Right. It, it reiterates the fact that uh, that could be me. I could be left by someone just based on lust. Right. I mean, I put yourself in the shoes of this poor guy. He's going to marry this woman. Um, he's, I'm sure, very happy that he's going to marry her. They're going to move, I think, where was it? To Michigan? I think he got a job yeah, at I some remember. university. His life is starting. 
and potentially all of that can be destroyed. Right, right. Almost like... So I think Bill is able for a second to put himself in his shoes. Okay. I, I would assume a guy like Bill could. He has the intelligence to. Was there a, was there a scene that you would say caught a glimpse of that? Where uh, maybe in that same room? Because he does come in the room and, and thanks him for visiting such a late hour and et cetera. I didn't really feel like Bill had that realization. Maybe it was subtle. I don't think he had it. But I'm sure Bill would agree. I, I, so let me guess. Yeah. You're, sure, you're sure that you're sure that, is that you're a good looking guy. I'm sure you're very sure of this wife that would never do anything to you, right? Let me ask you that. Don't, I'm not going to bill you. Just answer me the question. Do you, uh, do you think, are you sure of her never cheating on you, man? I just need to know. I just need to know. Because she just did, man. She just fucking did. <laughs> you know? While her father's laying there dead, and it goes back, you, you, let's bring up Freud, right? So with Freud, the two instincts that pervade throughout humanity are the life instinct and the death instinct. And right there in that room, you see both side by side. Yeah, I like that very much. I like that. It was rough, but I liked it. It was powerful. I really liked it. I just didn't pick up on the generics, the generic aspect of of, of the... The double, the stunt double. Um, I mean, if, if, if the theme of generic individuals, it, it, just the orgy scene, these are generic women. I mean, how do you, how do we present our individuality? Well, our face, our clothes, et cetera. These are all women that are stripped bare, naked. It's not only a way of making them generic, but also humiliating them, right? So when you imprison someone or when you torture someone, the first thing a torturer does is make the prisoner go naked. It's a form of humiliation, kind of like saying you're at a very base animal-like level. You're generic. But again, maybe I'm just going crazy with my interpretation here. I mean, no, it's not. It's this is definitely on the same shoreline. I would say, um, especially the fact that whole mask thing. Of course, you can argue the mask thing is due to issues with you know not getting people in trouble. Other reasons we might get into, but you're right though. It did cause the effect to where all the women in the orgy looked very similar. Uh, the other than skin tone, the build were the same. The 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 yes. everything, the anatomy, everything was very the same. It's almost as if they had handpicked these women. You know, it seemed like a lot applied and didn't get the job is what I'm saying, because it was a very specific look. Very specific. Yeah. So, um, okay, again, what is, what does this encapsulate to you? The, the generic, uh, lookalikes, what, what is the, what, what do you think that's trying to, you know, what piece together or, or, or bring to the table? And that, that, was, that a lot of these women, especially these lower class women can be bought and sold. In fact, another little clue to that, I go back to the early scenes when they're preparing to go to the party. There's a babysitter that's going to take care of their daughter. And Bill says something to the effect of, um, or he comments to Alice, uh, what's her name? In other words, she can be anyone. Okay. And look, uh, let's, let's bring this to the COVID uh, pandemic that we're experiencing right now. 
uh, a lot of the people who are delivering our groceries, uh, a lot of um, these quote essential workers, they're just generic people to us, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, essentially, the, the the sensation of just another number, just another p moving piece, eh, just like the next. Another moving piece. In fact, the, the, the women at the orgy are just exactly that, moving pieces for the pleasure of this uh, small group of wealthy individuals. Right. And Bill is in a weird position, right? Because... He's not part of that lower class, but he's not in that upper echelon. So he's caught between the two. But you get the feeling that he wants to feel a little bit closer. He wants to crack into Victor's class. In fact, I, I think the woman who redeems him at the orgy says, um, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Victor tells him, uh, what do you think you were trying to do? Do you know the people you were dealing with? meaning it, you didn't belong there. Uh, yeah, that was at the but, end of the but movie. But I'm getting really ahead there. No, no, sure, sure. And it goes back to it, right? Because when he goes into the orgy, he's um, obviously an uninvited guest. He just bought a costume to hide his face like everyone else. The men didn't have to go naked. The women were the only ones from what I saw, unless you were participating in, in some of the rooms with the orgies. Um, you know. Right you were pretty much clothed until the women take you basically. And so he was able to walk around and see enough before he got spotted. And of course I thought that line was great. It's like, you know, it didn't help you showed up in a taxi. <laughs> I like, well, yeah. I mean, that, that shows how, how naive he is, right? Showing up in a taxi. He, he's out of his league. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I think we've worked our way to the orgy and, and it's a topic of conversation. I'll write it out, but I do want to get back to the crazy scene at the costume store uh, before we get. So let, let's just foreshadow <laughs> for a second because the, the costume favorite store, part of the movie, by the way, Yeah, that was insane to me, still a question. And, and, and by the end of this episode, I'd like for you, if you can, to explain to me, it's going to be a part of the episode called what the fuck did I just watch? And that's where I would like for you to essentially piece everything together as, as, as as bit like small bit as you can to tell me what the hell I just watched, um, just for the viewer. Maybe there's viewers out there who feel the same way, and and you can just kind of like. But anyway, so in the orgy, he's he's walking around. He's 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 masked. Um, he doesn't know who he's dealing with, and apparently the implications of this very. I mean, think about it. Women, you can just point to and have sex with, and all these very ideal things for the typical male a prototype which was built in the film right which is in tom cruise's character which is very basic you're basic you don't know how women's sexuality works but you've got the wealth to move around these generic chess pieces you know in your favor the one to the next doesn't matter they're all wearing masks just have a good time um apparently there were death implications to this danger he was in oh throughout yeah he was he was and and the movie doesn't even shy from this this is not even a hidden thing straight up hey do you know what you're doing here you can get yourself killed straight up to the point where the pianist who plays music for the orgy which i thought was a very classy touch uh you know <laughs> he plays blindfolded and and uh by the way really good props to kubrick building up the orgy in terms of the mystery of it because he finds out about the orgy while visiting his old colleague who is now a just a club pianist he goes from jazz to club to jazz club at wee hours of the night and it's the pianist who tells him hey man one time 
All I know is that I, I get a password and a location. I show up, I, they blindfold me, and I play the piano until they walk me out the door. <laughs> How are you going to say, I'm not interested? How the hell? Especially when your wife just told you, hey, you know, I'm just, you know, you're like, oh, right, you know what, bitch? I'm going on an adventure. Fuck this. I'm going out. It's kind of like the alcoholic. All right, I'm out of alcohol. Life sucks. I'm going to go find me a new life, you know? And that's kind of what Tom Cruise was. He was like, yo, uh, I, I want to know what this is. I have, I have enough curiosity of me. There's, there's new, you know, so anyway, long story short, when he explains that once his blindfold came off, he goes, incredible things are happening here. And then you get there and then these incredible things come with the, the implications of death threats because apparently Tom Cruise could have gotten himself killed being there. That, that to me plays back on the Freudian thing again. I think. Yeah. That's, that's, the third time death comes up in the movie, right? So the first yeah. one is uh, Lou Nathanson, dead. I mean, that's, that's the house call he goes to. Then um, he escapes death. I don't know if you remember. Uh, it's later revealed that the hooker, Domino, had HIV. Yeah, and that's following that so scene. So he escaped that. Yeah, lucky to be alive. He escaped that. And then now we're on to the orgy scene where death, well, sex and death are all around once again. Right. Uh, okay. By the way, quick thing about Nick Nightingale. Uh, I, I don't want to forget to say this. In the short story, he's portrayed as um, this Polish student that goes to medical school with, uh, with Bill. Well, Bill is called Friedolin in the short story. And the way he's described, he's given a little bit more uh, detail in the short story. Uh, Nick Nightingale is this really poor student, so poor that the other students give him money just so he can eat. So again, class, money, wealth. If you know anything about Austro-Hungarian society, very hierarchical uh classes were very much set in place etc so on to the orgy scene might be very well the opening character that tries to hit on nicole kidman you know he was trying to use his status and, and the hungarian yes. i think i remember him as hungarian i think it plays into that i think it's tied yeah. so that's starting to make sense okay so back to the orgy scene um he gets caught <laughs> they tell him that his cab driver has a message for him it ain't no cab driver message it's actually that you know, they, they want to make sure that he belongs there. What is the password to the house? He gives them the password given. They ask him for a follow-up. What's this? Okay, what's the second password? Which I guessed it. I said, there is no second password. You got to stick to the first one. If they ask you, what's the second password? You say, there was always only been one. And if you die saying that, well, damn it, you gave it the best shot. But to say I don't remember is, I'm sorry, Tom. For a doctor, I expected better. <laughs> About the password. You know what the password is in the short story? Not Fidelio? It's not Fidelio, no. It's okay. Denmark. Get the fuck out of here. So what's the tie there? Which that, that blows uh, Bill's mind in the short story. It's like, oh, oh shit, there, there's something weird going on tonight. My woman just told me about some guy that we saw in Denmark, and now the password for this weird orgy is Denmark. So all these things are converging in this one night. But Kubrick changed it to Fidelio in, uh, in the movie. It, it, why do you think? I'm any trying theories to think, on that? Any theories? No, none whatsoever. I, all I have are stupid ideas. Ready? So the first stupid idea. Did the, did, let, let me tie it back to the short story that I'm learning about. Did it, 
was it maybe in his name, the guy that she was uh, lusting over? Was any of his name anything Fidelio related? No. Okay. No. Fidelity. But. But. Uh, infidel. Infidelity. Fidel, you're on the right track. So Fidelio was uh, Beethoven's only opera. So Fidelio, the, the etymology, Latin for fidelity, uh, faithful, etc. So in the opera, uh, it's, it's the, the plot of the opera is this woman trying to save her husband from jail or trying to rescue her husband from jail. Okay. I should know this, but I didn't know about Beethoven's only um, opera. <laughs> so Fidelio. So there is no second password. Because there's no second opera. <laughs> I, am I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to. That's, that's, hey, hey, I, hey, I, hey! I didn't think of that one. That was good. <laughs> oh, I'm just having some fun, man. Um, okay, so Fidelio, there was no second password. Um, I'm still not okay. So again, and this is this isn't my critique. If I can, now that I'm able to piece it together and be more concise with why I'm like, okay, so you're pointing me as a movie maker, as a director, as an artist, you're pointing me to all these references, uh, hoping that I catch them. Okay, I caught the reference. So what? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you're, you're referencing a lot of historical slash uh, literature slash all this cool stuff that you need to be a little well-versed in to get. Okay, let's say I pick up on most of them, or I can at least make my way there somehow. If it's still loosely pieced together, um, that that's only like I don't know. It, it makes it for an unattractive movie experience to most. I think I think you can agree to that, right? I think you've come across this maybe in your life where, yeah. right? And I think that's the issue that 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 the, the average listener, including myself, halfway through the movie might have had, which is okay. I get what you're doing. To what to what benefit? other than to confuse me and have to not really be able to know what the hell you said when you were saying it. Did you, did you not enjoy the movie just on a superficial watch? I enjoyed the hell out of the movie from, from beginning I, to end. I was super thrilled. I've seen it several times. And of course, when you see it several times, you, you unlock little mysteries. I mean, that's the case with every Kubrick movie. But I remember seeing it when it came out, sitting there in the theater and just being enthralled. And mind you, when you're watching something the first time, you don't have time. You're trying to keep up with the plot, with the dialogue. You're not picking out what's in the background and what's over here and what's over there. Um, I had a very enjoyable experience, even though my first watching was admittedly superficial. I agree. At a superficial level, I enjoyed it. The the like I said, the the pace, the the use of dialogue was very uh, in captivating. It, it was very captivating. I was very encaptured by the theme of the movie, no doubt. Um, but I I do walk out with a little bit of the feeling that I don't like, which is, what the hell did I just watch? And, and that's and that's what I mean by the average person. Yeah, so that that's the feeling that gets me a little bit thrown off track. The hell that I just watch? It's not one that I like very much. Now, am I willing to go through a, a series of movies that have this to to understand cinematic language in in more artistic manners? But of course, of course. But I'm still going to have this feeling. 
And, and it's one that's I could see being very unattractive to the average person. For, then again, the average person likes Avengers. And well, I, I, I think that's because... Well, I, but I think that's because American movies, or at least American popular movies, there's this idea of realism to them. And anything that strays a little bit out side of that is seen as foreign or an artistic movie and Kubrick is mind you Kubrick is not some obscure director his movies are not obscure but he's playing that that middle game right where when Eyes Wide Shut came out I mean it, it was it was not an obscure indie movie a lot of people saw it but it wasn't the type of movie where um people who see Avengers uh, would have liked, right? Yeah. People yeah. who love Avengers are going to hate us after this episode, by the way. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's the thing. I, I, I experienced it. I'm the one out of, what, 60, 70 people that walk out of the theater going, yeah, I'm bored out of the Avengers. Everybody else is clapping. I get it. I'm, I would rather watch a movie like this a million times over before I watch any of the other ones. But I'm still going to acknowledge that I walked out like, okay, I get it to a point. Um, I feel like I missed a lot. And, and, and at, at what point do we hold uh, the, the storyteller accountable to, to the obscurity? Now, again, if, if the point of the director is to create obscurity for the sake of you digging into it and coming back and, and, and art, artistic revelation coming through all the repeat watches, cool, cool. Hey, you know, that, that's, but I am saying that at, at first sight, these things do leave a little bit of a bitter, like, ah, you know, like, did I catch everything? Did I miss some stuff? Did I even, was I even on the right path to what I thought? I don't know. You walk out with this, I don't know. And, and, and I guess that's, that's what I'm struggling with. But I did enjoy it. For, I did enjoy it because um, it was very well made. So I still enjoyed the Odyssey. And I still enjoyed wanting, I wanted to see the next scene every second. Like, oh shit, what's this orgy going to be like? Oh shit, what's, what? He's going to die? 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 Why die? You know? Um, By okay, the way, so, go ahead. one of the most haunting scenes in, in all movies that I've ever seen is when the masked figure looks down on Bill and kind of gives him that nod. I, I don't know how you interpreted that, but I interpreted like, um, I know who you are even behind that mask and you're not supposed to be here. And yeah. I'm on to you. And this whole mask you're wearing, it's meaningless. You do not belong here. Right, which is funny. I found that so eerie. Yes, especially in a room full of other people wearing masks exactly the same as his. Going back to the generic. Um, when he nods his head, it's like, dude, <laughs> this guy can see right through your soul almost. It, that's what makes it eerie, is that he's not seen could, just behind the mask. Could that have been Victor? Because Victor he... admitted he was there that night. Man, I'm struggling. I, 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 that, that, okay, let's say, yeah. I, I mean, I don't it. know. But... Right, right, no, no, we're entertaining it. I'm trying to, what I'm doing right now in my mind is trying to piece together whether it's something that's favorable for the movie to establish that it could have been him given that he was already such a busy i mean i mean victor was what one of the and he was one of the he was just another doctor maybe a higher up doctor maybe a wealthier doctor. no I, I don't get that sense from victor i mean remember he's hosting that party at the beginning that uh, that's uh that's old money 
you have a I dance will. hall like that, <laughs> you're not a doctor. But by the way, quick little insight. I don't know about you, but that dance hall reminded me of the dance hall in The Shining. Yes, yes, yes. I don't yes. know if you got that, but yes, I totally... Yes. I forgot to mention it to you. I, I bumped I bumped uh, my homie at home and I went, hey, did you ever watch The Shining? He said, I don't know. And I'm like, okay. And then the conversation dropped, but I was thinking to tell him that and I never got to it. A, a couple of things reminded me of The Shining, actually. Like I said, the way the camera walked behind Tom Cruise was very much like the little tricycle scene. Yeah. A lot of similarity anyway. So, so yes, I agree with you. Very eerie how the guy seemed to know exactly who he was. But again, he, when he nodded his head, I don't remember. Was that after Tom Cruise revealed himself? Oh, no, it was with the mask on. You just said that. Actually. That's with the mask on. How did Which you makes me think that it, that could have been the only person there that knew who he was. Or maybe cared enough to warn him, like, hey, uh, I, I'm on to you. I, I, I can see you're here. Get out of here. Yeah, but would somebody who knew him uh, threaten him to be killed, it seemed? I mean, according to Victor later on, th this whole thing was a show. He was never really going to be killed, which, by the way, doesn't sound very convincing. Yeah, no. Especially when you had a woman on the other side of the room go, no, please, you know? If it, yeah. was all, if it was all a charade, they would have just been like, hey, let the big boss do the charade and we get the fuck out of here, right? But instead, it was a girl going, no. And then you had this moment that's kind of very uh, Hunger Games-ish. I volunteer as tribute. You know, I, I redeem. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about redeem for a second? What the hell is redeem? Oh, I'm dying here bro too many things what was what was the word redeem i think was very well not well i don't because i don't know but i'm saying it was very peculiar very uh mysterious what is she redeeming oh man if i have to answer that myself bro I'm gonna someone 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 had to take the hit for his trespass on that night right what kind of shit is that that's some like salvation shit. That's some I'll pay for his sins type shit. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was okay. She was Jesus Christ. I'm getting somewhere now. <laughs> you know, what, what was that? What, why redeem? I mean, why redeem? Right. That, 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 that's one of the questions that keeps ringing in my head. Redeem, redeem, redeem. What? Yeah, that's. I haven't unlocked that mystery. Okay. But look, it, it can, can we maybe speculate a little bit? Um, so Freud believes this, and I think Kubrick, having read Freud, probably got this from Freud. It takes, unfortunately, certain individuals. Civilization is on the backs of certain individuals, right? And you kind of get the idea throughout Eyes Wide Shut that the pleasure of the people who are on top, the victors, if you will, are dependent on these prostitutes, on these people doing services for you. That's why I brought up, you know, the Instacart worker putting their life on the line <laughs> so that we can sit here like royalty and have our groceries delivered and not catch something, right? So... Civilization is this 
fragile thing that is dependent on these poor slaves. By the way, uh, Domino, Domino's name, the hooker, one who is dominated. Right. I, I can see that. And, thing. yeah, and the first few lines in the short story, uh, Bill and Alice's uh, daughter, she is reading a story where the story is referencing slaves rowing for a prince. So the first line in the short story, it's hitting you. Shit, this is about class. Not only is it about sex, it's about class. Yeah, I picked up on that. He was able to pretty much, like I said, and, and I'm going to go back. We're getting, we're getting closer to what I want to go back to, which is it's how he got the costume. It's a power move. Hey, I'll give you this plus $200 over. Rent me this costume at 2 a.m. even though you're not even open. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm with that. And, and I didn't catch the domino thing. But dominate, dominate. I get it. Um, so, again, it goes back to him being redeemed somehow. Um, and it almost makes you wonder why she was so interested in redeeming him. We, we, we do know that he was under some kind of death threat. Well, remember, if you believe Victor's story, and let's believe it for a second, she was the prostitute that was in his bathroom that he saved the night before at the party. So maybe she felt an obligation to help him out here. I understood that motive very well, especially yeah. when it was explained at the end. No, I, oh. yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, it was going to happen anyway. She, she was a junkie. You saw what happened. She almost died at the original, the opening dinner party or whatever that was. Now she's, because that's what happened. At the opening scene of the movie, they go upstairs. She's, she's passed out because she had too much, whatever. She did hard drugs. It fucked her up. And then at the end of the movie, she shows up dead after, she, after a woman mysteriously defends him at the party after he's been caught not belonging there. There are some death implications of him being at an orgy cult where he's not welcome. She says, I'll redeem him. He then looks up at her and says, are you aware of what you're doing by redeeming him? And I think that's when you start to realize this is not a charade because, you know, if it was a charade and if it was really, in my opinion, if it was Victor behind that mask, the, the leader of the cult, who was just trying to get Tom Cruise out of trouble. He just would have been like, get the fuck out of here. But then again, there's that group dynamic issue happening where maybe he has to put someone out. Because he's, you know, when you're a leader, you got to make decisions that are across the board. So, so if the rule in this house is you need a password, you need to be naked if you're a chick, you need to have a mask on. If you don't belong here, you get wrecked unless someone redeems you for whatever reason. And we still don't know what that even means or whatever. You know, if these are all rules of the house, it's very consistent to say that now we're not living in a fiction. He probably was threatened and there was somebody who redeemed him. I'm not buying Victor's story one bit. Um, maybe Victor was just having to make a harsh decision for a cult that I don't. I don't know. I, well, couldn't Victor yeah, just yeah. fake this? Maybe Victor was going to stage his death for the sake of everyone else thinking he was going to, you know, do what he had to do by the rule, but let 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 Bills li live. I don't know. Going back to something you said, I, I think that's an interesting insight. So the leader of the cult has to establish these rules. Otherwise, this thing will not work in the future, right? So someone has to give their lives to maintain that structure. And as the saying goes, shit flows downward. So who takes the hit? The prostitute. The bottom, right? Yeah. Hmm. So he escapes with his life, but... 
he he's not done yet. He, he's still curious. What the hell happened here? It, it, it's as if he doesn't learn. Uh, because after the, oh, you mean after the cult, he still didn't learn? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, through the rest of the film, he 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 kept his one condition for staying alive was stop inquiring, go back to normal, and and he doesn't do that for a second. No. After he's pretty much uh, spared. I mean, we working with because Victor's story at the end of the film to explain that it was all a charade was not really something we even considered up until that moment. We we were pretty much working under the assumption that Tom Cruise was nearing death. He almost died. Correct. Up until that moment, he still did not care. He's like, what the hell did I see? What are these people doing? And you're right, though. If there anybody was to host a party like that, who else than Victor, the guy who hosted the magnificent shining party at the beginning? <laughs> he knows how to throw parties, and he knows the right people. And he seems to know a lot of prostitutes. Because obviously he was with one the night that <laughs> of the party. Correct. And, and that party, that prostitute happened to be <laughs> at, at the masked orgy. Okay. So he starts retracing his steps. I forget what's the first thing he does after the party. Does he go back to see Domino? Mm, that, yeah, I don't remember what he does right after. Well, he, he, he gets to her. Oh, no, wait a minute. Okay, let's go back. I think he goes back home and Alice is asleep. That's where Alice tells he, him about her dreams. Yes. And then he hides, before that, he hides the costume. I don't remember if he locks it with a key. All I know is that he, he didn't remember his mask. Right, but at what point did he forget his mask? That's not revealed. At all. At all. At all. It is revealed in the short story. In the short story, uh, he makes mention that um, he lost it. Uh, as, as he was taking it back to the costume shop, he noticed he didn't have the mask, so he must have dropped it at some point. Right. And, but and the, the movie's a little bit more vague as to where the mask went. Yeah, yeah. I think it wants to shock you the way Tom Cruise was shocked because he, you know... And of course, he went through a lot of shit. He just witnessed some weird stuff. He had to take off his mask. He had to take a taxi ride on the way home. Maybe they, maybe they, they asked the taxi driver to, 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 you know, to bring him any belongings. That maybe the taxi driver went back to the house and hey, the guy that just took home, you know, lost it. Whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it matters. I mean, or does it? But how can you lose such an important component? Uh, how can you lose that mask? Yeah, it could fall out. Clear. I mean, it could just. It, if you, you know, have you ever put something in a bag but not put it in the bag? You know, and then it's such a light thing that it hits the ground, and if it hits grass, you don't hear it, and that's it. Perhaps. Or, or, Mister Psychosis, what do you say? Or, uh, so in the short story, he refuses to take off the mask, and he does not take off the mask. At that moment, the girl comes in, redeems him, etc., and no one sees his face. In the movie, he is forced to show his face, right? Okay. And if I remember correctly, he holds it close to his chest once he exposes himself. Uh, it's hard to say where the mask went, but 
moving ahead, of course, it appears right next to Alice, right next to Nicole Kidman. Did she find it in the house? Or was she there at the party, perhaps, with the Hungarian from the night before? Because, I mean, hmm. I'm sure that Hungarian was there at the orgy. Huh. Crazy theory on my part. Yeah, no, not. Nah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's or did awful. the Hungarian give her the mask? The Hungarian, I think, is the only, well, Victor also. Victor and the Hungarian would be the only connection to Alice. Yes. <laughs> just just a thought. No, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay. I hadn't really think but, of that. I'm a little, I'm tired. But you know what? I, I, here's maybe where we differ. I love the mystery of that. I, I, I love going home with that mystery and not knowing. Okay. So I'm going to make this example real quick, just so you understand where I'm coming from when I hear things like that. And then you can kind of chop me at where, where this is different, but you ever watch a show called lost. No. Good for you. I'm glad you're, you're, that's the I, I know of it, but, but I, I didn't see it. So lost was the most beloved TV show in its time. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I watched but a season and even then I don't think I finished it um, because what started happening with lost is that after every episode, I started to be very, I started to identify myself a lot with the title of the show. It's, and it's the style, <laughs> and it's the style, it's the style of, you know, I will present to you one mystery, which is in the fam, in the form of a door that you have to walk into to find out a little more about it. You open that door and then there's another room with nothing in it and three more doors, each one, three new mysteries. And that's kind of how the plot goes. Starts off with one question you have that turns into three, that turns into five. And as you go opening doors, you start digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And none of the questions, the original door was never answered, nor the next, nor the next, nor the next. But you're still entertained because you're just so curious to piece it all together. And I criticize that as lazy writing because I can write that. I can write a story where every time you turn the corner to find out what's going on, another thing presents itself that is never going to be answered. And although I did enjoy it once, twice, three, four times, by seven, I'm asking you to go kill yourself. Right? And that's what Lost you is. Would, you would hate Twin Peaks. Oh, God. Is that our next one? No. <laughs> okay. No, that, 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 that was the David Lynch series from the 90s that was uh, updated, uh, oh, I right, think, about right. a year ago. Right. Okay. David Lynch, is that the uh, director of uh, Elephant Man? Well, what's his name? What's uh, Yes, Elephant Man, Blue Velvet, Mulholland ah. Drive. I, I got to watch. Uh, 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 I'm really interested in uh, Blue Velvet, actually. Um, future uh, episode idea. Future episode idea? Cool, cool, cool. Uh, okay, so, so again, you see what I'm trying to tell you with this is that more, yeah. more than it, it's that, that I, okay, so it's, it can be taken as a form of appreciation, which is I enjoy the mystery of it because maybe there's something there that, there that I can find later. But you can see how somebody who's not well-versed in, in, in writing can create just as good a mystery. And I, and I kind of look at that as lazy a little bit. Like, okay, you know, 
I get it. You want some things to stay underneath the surface, but I mean, anybody can come to you with a story that doesn't piece together or, or leave details out that eh, it doesn't matter. And, and maybe you find them important and the mystery doesn't work for you. So I guess things like that, like the, the, the mask being a mystery, why, why was the mask being forgotten such a mystery? And, and then my follow-up question, if you want to answer whichever one first, would be the significance of the scene where he purchases the costume, which is absolutely batshit. <laughs> Subtle, subtly batshit, because it's not too crazy. I mean, it's not hard to put our head around it, but I'm saying if you, if you, after, after, that, after that scene at the, at the uh, costume store, I was a little like, what the fuck? What? Essentially, guy walks in, the guy trying to get him a costume, the doctor, hey, you going to a costume party? Okay, here you go. First of all, he knows the costume to get him. What the fuck? He gets, he goes, oh, I need a mask. It's a costume store. You need a mask. How the hell did, 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 did they even go to a mask section and say, which one would you like, sir? How come he didn't show up with a Pinocchio long, long nose mask? Why didn't he show up with, you know, why didn't he show up with a Freddy Krueger mask? He specifically showed up with that ballet mask. I don't know what you even want to call it. Um, a theory? Sure. Maybe a lot of people that night were passing by that costume shop on their way to the orgy. No. No, because no. <laughs> no, because the guy the guy was in his sleep. He was he was asleep. He or maybe it is the people that buy the costumes do so more prepared. Like people who go to this party know about it more in advance than Tom Cruise. Remember, he he was the last one in the party. I mean, the the party had started already. Correct. So I guess the guy thought well, he, he was running behind. Yeah. Maybe the guy closed up shop after all the weirdos go to this orgy that asked for the same mask. But then when this guy shows up, Hey, I need this. And he, because he does be, he was very specific. I need a Cape, you know, maybe a lot of the prototype of the costumes that everybody else was wearing. And therefore this guy was this lunatic shop owner was like, Hey, I, I know where you're going. I know exactly what you need. Okay. I'll, I, I can dig that. Then we find two uh, Chinese men, Eating Chinese food, I believe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like a little Chinese food bus. I, I think they were eating... I, I'm being racist. I don't I, know, I don't know why. I think Asian. they were Japanese. But anyway. But yes, they were eating Chinese takeout. Chinese takeout. Two in the morning. Uh, you know, running a, a threesome with the shop owner's daughter, who seems very underage. Um, and... You know, then he threatens to kill her because he can't believe that his daughter's a whore. And uh, the two guys seem to either work there, I think. Maybe they were his employees. They were covered up in clown powder. I mean, this is all kinds <laughs> of weird shit going on. Uh, only to find out foreshadowing towards, I mean, not foreshadowing, just fast forwarding to the end of the movie where he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's pretty much like, welcome back and returning your costume. Here are the two guys that were banging my underage daughter and we're cool now. Matter of fact, do you want my daughter? She's at a very good price, doctor. I know you pay good money. It's like, what it, in well, the fuck? His specific words are, um, we reached an arrangement. As he hugs her, as he brings yes. his arm around her shoulder. I, I, I think it's Don upon Millich, the costume guy, that, you know, he can make money out of this. So you see, everyone can be sold. It, especially most of the women in, in the movie can be sold. And that's an interesting juxtaposition between this guy's daughter, the costume shop um, owner, and Bill's own daughter, 
who is safely nestled in that house doing her homework. She's being groomed to be a different type of woman, but one essentially that is being groomed to be married off and maybe be a good wife like Alice. Again, we've come to an arrangement. Does that implicate marriage? Did I miss that? I, I must have. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying it implicates marriage. What I'm saying is it implicates that this arrangement is financial, that lower class, even girls, lower class girls can be sold for the right price, even if it's your daughter. While someone who's a little bit higher class, like Bill, doesn't have to sell off his daughter. Basically, that he can make money off of her. And that's the yes. prime motive. And yes. once In he fact, realized... What was probably upsetting him is that they were doing it behind his back without him getting a cut. Yeah, the hooker getting 100% profit without the pimp, no go, no go. It's never worked that way. Even if it's your daughter, <laughs> he, he, he wants a cut. I mean, gross, but uh, 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 obviously a point Kubrick wanted to get across. You know, that uh, sometimes even the priciest price is something people are willing to pay. Like, you know, having your daughter hoard off like that, but the payoffs are enough, I guess. And that could blind you, maybe? Yeah. Eyes wide shut? I don't know. I don't know. Well, but, it, 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 now that I saw it again uh, uh, about a week ago, right after that, after he says, I made an arrangement with these gentlemen, there's a scene where... Um, Bill goes back to his office, his, uh, um, his medical practice, and there's a sign in the back. It's a little bit blurry, but it says, payment is expected when services are rendered unless other arrangements are made. I saw that. I saw that. And I, and I couldn't read the so, whole thing. I mean... I don't think I'm reading too much into this. Kubrick is considered to be quite meticulous with every detail, everything in the background. Uh, Millich, the costume owner uh, uh, individual, uses the word arrangement, and then you see the word arrangement in Bill's office. Coincidence? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, that... that I didn't click it, but now that you say it like that, yeah, I don't, I think that's one of the more straightforward things that he just wants to get out there, which is why it was that straightforward. So what do we make of that? That, that, um, because you know, he, he offering other arrangements, which implicates that he's willing to, 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 to get payments that are not the norm, but he obviously hasn't, considered whoring off his daughter <laughs> it's that kind of like hey there's a business idea that just spawned that literally came up to him while eating takeout asian food um uh, it, it was that silly um so yeah so may, maybe maybe it was in the nature of this guy to find opportunity even in the most grotesque of content uh context uh Okay, and that goes back to again the 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 theme of what the 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 whole exploiting buying exploiting people yeah. buying people off selling people off. Notice the whole 
Knight's Odyssey. He's either paying people uh, or, or he's witnessing people being sold. Yeah. And also partaking in it, which is super important. Uh, partaking in people being sold, except that this time they're selling themselves. They're self-entrepreneurs, whereas... Yeah. But, but I, I think that's great because I think there we can establish that Kubrick wants to show you the levels at which this happens, right? Not just somebody whoring themselves, rather uh, uh, some kind of societal structure such as pimp, whore, uh, you know, and, and, then, and then of course, that's basic. It goes to the party, which is essentially what it is, right? One leader uh, under God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? And no. someone, has to, someone has to, or certain people have to pay the price for that structure or that hierarchy in order for things to run smoothly. Certain people need to take the hit. I'm not saying that's my view, but that seems to be what Kubrick is indicating. Yeah. And that's what I caught on to. Okay. So I'm good there now that we're there. All right. Uh, so are we on to the final, not the final scene, but uh, the scene with uh, Victor? That 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 one was the most um, underwhelming part. I mean, it was it was the reveal. Really? Of the movie. Well, I love that scene. It's a great scene, but to me, underwhelming is because all it felt like was that he's trying to cover up something that you don't. You're not going to get access to. Just like Tom Cruise is not going to get access to. You're going to be. You're going to go home with the bullshit story that you don't believe. Just like mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Cruise didn't believe it. After all, he went to the goddamn mor- a hospital morgue, or whatever, where he saw the dead body of the woman mm-hmm. who claimed him. Um, did you get the feeling that that entire conversation, Victor was kind of acting like dad, like tisk tisk, you should not have been there. It was wrong of you to be there. You were outside of your league. Uh, you shouldn't do that again. Kind of a very paternalistic um, delivery that he had toward Tom Cruise. Right. And in the way he leans on the on the pool table to kind of like to like like what were you doing there? That is not your area. You know who overstepped class lines here. You know, I can't even tell you the names of the people there because you'd be disgusted, which shows that even further, right? Like these are probably very big figures that he would recognize in an instant. Notice he also offers him uh, a twenty-five-year-old Scotch. No, I I thought it was just Scotch. Well, uh, again, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but again, possessions, right? You possess this 25-year-old scotch just the same way you possess a 25-year-old hooker, right? These are things that you own and you can sell and you can consume. And then you're on to the next one. I mean, it, it still is established even if you miss the 25-year-old scotch because you look at his bar that he has in just one room of his house and it already yeah. conveys that message. It's like... Well, we're all like, damn, that's a nice bar. It could be a one-year-old bottle of scotch. The fact that that's just the bar in one room in a huge <laughs> mansion, enough, enough. Oh, we get it. I, I mean, just, we already saw his bathroom earlier in the movie. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, that, that I could live there. That's why I'm telling you, Danny, that's old money. He, he's not some doctor. He's not some high-priced doctor or plastic surgeon. That, that guy's old money. He's got to be in on something big, maybe something big enough to run a, a sex orgy cult. Yes. <laughs> maybe. The question is, was his wife in on it? 
I mean, he's pretty bold, right? He's having sex with a prostitute in his own house the night of the party while his wife is downstairs. Oh, my God. His wife had the same. Nicole Something just hit Danny. Yeah, yeah. His wife was the, 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 the body we saw, the generic body we saw. Although I will say Nicole Kidman, God, that's a babe from head to toe. But if we're being analytical of this here, her body matched that of the prototype for that sex cult. Yes, precisely. You see what I mean? All the female characters are just generic. Don't you dare talk that way about Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're so right. I mean, oh my God. Oh, this is what I was hoping wouldn't happen, that I would like feel stupid. Okay, which, which... They're all generic bodies that can be used. You don't even need to see the face. <sighs> okay. So, okay, where does this leave me? Because now I'm mad. Um, is it possible that his wife was in on it? And if, if so... What's the point of that charade? From 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 a from a, a perspective of somebody trying to communicate a message or, or 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 make a movie like this, what would be the the importance or what would be I guess the symbolism of her being? Maybe she was in on it. Holy crap! Uh, maybe she was invited there by the uh, Hungarian aristocrat, but she wouldn't have known what it was right like you don't get invited to these things with a reveal do you or i don't know i mean it's 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 open and how did that mask land right next to her i have no idea and i can live with that you can live with that no 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 i cannot here's why here's why i have a little trouble living with that because i think it's Fuck, was it them who left it as a death threat to him? Like saying, hey, one more move and you're dead, which is what it looked like to me. To me, it seemed like the people at the orgy were trying to let him know that he was that much, that they're that much closer to, 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 to pulling a trigger on him. Because if we can touch you at home, that's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. My impression is that 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 people who were following him somehow, obviously people of that kind of money know a guy or two who can break into a place easily. They can hire they can hire just about any crazy dude um, to do this, and they could just say, "Hey, he left his mask. He left his mask over at the here. Can you just break in and shut the lights off on this guy and just put the mask down by the pillow?" And to let him know that he's one step away from getting reamed if he if he just has one more inquiry, I think that's what it is. So to me, it's kind of like, you know, it's a little weird. So we are left with, you know what? It all, it all, you know what? I'm just gonna say this: it's left with the, you know, it's it's ambiguous. We do, it's 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 a little bit weird as to how the mask got there. And you're saying you can live with that. Um, I can totally live with that. Why do you live with that? Why are you okay with living with that? Life is mystery. I mean, there's so many things that we don't know. And yet we don't drive ourselves crazy trying to find the meaning to, to life or every life mystery. 
maybe you're different. I don't know. I, no, and, I, I, I do know you're a little OCD about things and, and you want to know and you want to find the answer. And until you don't find the answer or figure something out, you're not satisfied. I've noticed that's a little bit more of your personality. Yeah, I guess if, you know, I do, I do find some comfort knowing whether the mask was dropped because it was a death threat to me or if the mask was put there by my wife who's actually having the orgies she's dreaming about and not just dreams. <laughs> I think, I think it's a little important there, Bill. To, to establish that. However, um, if what you're trying to portray is that life's a mystery and even some of the grandest, you know, we, we're constantly dancing around them. And even though it's a mystery and we will never know the full answer, we must continue to operate with that information for better or worse, which is essentially Tom Cruise's entire odyssey. For better or worse, I have to carry on with the information given to me. And if what you're trying to portray here is that life is mysterious, therefore his odyssey will be mysterious, and I'm just going to exploit that through this very inter interesting uh, voyage through human interaction, which is you know all the way from Domino to the shop owner to the people at the orgy to the rich people at the party, then so be it. I'm cool with that. I can, I, I can live with that as a presentation. Remember the title of the short story, Dream Story. So all of this is kind of dreamlike. Okay. Right. And any dream has elements where it feels real, but certain things are off. So maybe take it in that spirit. And in fact, that leads to the last scene when they're in the toy store. She kind of indicates, okay, we had our little fun. We had our little dream getaway. Uh, this is after Bill confesses to her. And now we need to get back to reality. And there's just one last thing we need to do as soon as possible, and that's fuck. So, okay, you had your little fun. You had your little revenge fantasy. Now we're back to reality. Yeah, I, find that, I found that a little bit on the typical side because I saw it coming. Um, um you know, I pretty much knew it when she's like, well, there's only one thing left to do. It's like, well, shit, if I was watching any of this movie, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, there is one thing left to do. Um, right, but, but notice the one thing left to do is have sex in the confines of the family or, or marriage. In other words, safe sex, not that weird sex uh, of the origin. Yeah, I took it as that. It was the, uh, you know, you know, you want McDonald's, but mom's like, why do you want McDonald's? We can make burgers at home. Um, you know, we got, we got bread and beef patties at home, you know, it's like, but it's not yeah. McDonald's. It's not the, it's not what I saw, you know, but she wants to bring it back to that. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think what the movie is also indicating is, yeah, that sort of sex is really adventurous. It's really fun but it's spiked with death at every corner. Hmm. It's a lot of fun, but be careful. Right. Which is, I mean, it, it, you get beat down with this thing because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, you know, he, he, so after the first night where he almost slept with the hooker domino and, and, you know, he ended up not, 
Um, he still paid her left and then he wanted to leave her a little gift of some sort. So he comes back mm. to the apartment the next night and the, her hooker roommate who also does hookering yes. um, <laughs> opens the door and says, I got to tell you this because you got to know, you know, she got the blood tests and she is HIV positive and his reaction, uh, you know, she, <laughs> because the, her, because the roommate thought that he had, you know, paid her for a, for a full service. So his reaction, first of all, I found that really awesome, how his reaction to finding out that that she had HIV positive wasn't one that made him like pretty much curl up into a ball and start crying. Uh, it was more yeah. like, interesting, I just cheated death. My foot was stuck yes. on the railroad, <laughs> the, the train was coming, I'm deaf, I didn't even know a train was coming. I just thought, oh, I should get out of here with some urgency. I did, the tra- and I found Phew, out- That was a close one. Oh, shit, is that a train? Man, I felt the rumble, I didn't hear it. And then he goes to, then he realizes he's being followed on his way out of the apartment, goes to a newspaper stand, buys a newspaper that the front page says, lucky to be alive. I thought that was neat, for sure, you know. And, and also remember, he goes to the hotel looking for Nick Nightingale, and he's told, by, by the way, the hotel guy is also coming on to him, but he gets told by the hotel guy, oh yeah, Nick showed up with these two rough looking dudes and he had a big bruise on his face. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole night he's, he's just uh, escaping, barely escaping death or, or violence. Right. Because he, the people are getting beat up all around him and, and for reasons of the, uh, pretty much all his fault, all his fault for the, for the most part. Right. Like had he not gone to this party, you know, and, and let me ask you this. If you, did you catch this? The, gay clerk that was like oh i could tell you all the details about your boy nick whatever he described the men who walked in large yes <laughs> and he and he point and he opened his hands to show what you normally do when you're talking about long schlongs yes i i am still dancing around that um you know how how did did they walk in naked what <laughs> What was that about? I'm, if there's something there, I'm honestly in, in dark water. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it just, it, it's a continuation of the theme that there's sex everywhere and everyone is attuned to sex. He wasn't before, but now he, Bill, is attuned to how attuned everyone else is about sex. That's the best interpretation I can give you of that. By the way, that's uh, the actor, Alan Cumming. He's a very good actor. It's a shame that he got such a small part uh, in the movie. But anyway. Well, I mean, is Kubrick so deep that he picked him, you know, because Cumming at the end of the day, I'm just kidding. So anyway. (laughs) um, So, but I mean, okay. So you have a scene where he describes the men as large and he holds out his hands, you know, to signal large slong. Yeah. Uh, for those of you struggling with slang, dicks. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and we we wonder how he was able to make that extrapolation. Is it because gay men, along with gaydar, have like dick si- dick sized dar where they can like see you and know? Also, uh, if you, all you want to do is get the viewer to see that Tom Cruise is now tuned into that sexuality more and more. 
throughout his odyssey. Why a simple a simple two very two men walked in here and by the way so sexy I was I, I you know I was trying to see if they were packing but I couldn't get enough of a look you know that would have been the same message. Yeah, that scene I agree with you is not very subtle. Why it's so blatant? I, I yeah, that's a mystery to me. He 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 pretty much says you know uh, you know he could have just you could have sexualized him or you could have you know what I mean I just I'm not I'm not I don't want to repeat myself but essentially he could have uh, showcased his sexuality in a way that wasn't so mysterious and I guess that's more what I'm going back to that's what turns me off is the fact that you open up a door saying he knew their slong size. Okay, as an abstraction, what does it mean? As a straightforward, I saw their slung size. Is it, it now? You're now you're putting me in a scenario where now I have to assume these men walked in in such a manner that that their privates were showing. Either way, I'm I'm thrown off by something that I don't think needs to happen. If all you're doing is telling me as a as a writer that Tom Cruise is seeing sexuality everywhere, you could have you could have put that in there in a way that wasn't so what the hell, you know? And I think. That's part of the turnoff for me. It's not that I necessarily need to know or make sense of it. It just has to be enough to where I can I can tie it. I guess that is knowing. Maybe maybe I should retract that. I, I, there has to be some tie. There has to be something that I can go off of. And if and if that if, if you just keep shooting random things that mean nothing or maybe they mean everything, I, I it's just it's tough for me. Um, see, that, and I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with walking away from this movie wondering how that guy knew the schlong sizes, as implied. I'm not okay with that. You know, I'm not okay with shall, that. Well, shall we talk about the, the uh, music? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but if you're still obsessed with uh, schlongs, we can continue on that longer. Oh, okay. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the theme. <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, just perfect. Uh, very similar style that um it's not very similar it's not copy and paste but it's it's resemblant of if you watch shutter island uh martin scorsese's film mm-hmm. or of of dicaprio's mystery of the uh-huh. island where you're trying to figure out if this dicaprio is in his own head or if he's actually onto something and he uses the same silences with maybe one or two notes that go back and forth Dun, uh, dun, the Jaws thing, right? Dun, dun, right. Dun. In this one, we have dun, 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 dun. it's essentially the same notes as Jaws, just done a little different. Um, Interesting, you picked up on that. I, I did not pick up on that, but now reflecting back, yes, you, it it has the same effect as the Jaws theme. Yeah, and, and yes, and it grows. It starts to come closer. The 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 menace is is ever present. Ever present, always in the water, always approaching, you know. Uh, and and Tom Cruise is constantly jumping off the boat to try to get more answers. And and the more he does that, the more the Jaws feel starts to encapsulate everything that that he's doing in terms of danger and all that. So, by the way, one thing I I have to do this already. One Halloween is just leave my door open, and from the darkness of my home, just play that orgy mass theme while kids come trick-or-treating. Is there an eerier, spookier, and at the same time, more beautiful uh, piece of music than that orgy um, mass music? 
I was so distracted by the 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 amount of naked females, and I'm not trying to say this in a slimy way. I meant I was trying to like take everything in, like what is the artistic reasons behind the bodies that they chose, and the fact that they seem so similar, and 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 that I honestly did not. I, I don't remember that music. I will I say recommend this. to you to go back and just listen to it without any visuals, even uh, though the visual now the orgy. Whenever you hear the the piece of music, will be stuck in your head. But oh yeah, try Funny. to try to listen to it in isolation. You know, like two years down the road, some some I'm playing Pandora soundtracks. Then one comes up, honey, why do I have an erection? I have no idea. It's because your mind knows it. You just don't know what the hell you're remembering. But I, I will say this: Did it have vocal like oh like that kind of yes, angelic thing? That's the one. Ah, in fact, a... go ahead. No, 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 go, go, go. I, I remember some of it, but it's it didn't stick. Is what I'm saying. Yes, it, it's Latin. I don't know what it's saying, but it's Latin backwards. No. And it, it's, yeah, it's by the composer Jocelyn Pook, which if you ever have some time on your hands, listen to her stuff. She's really good. Okay. So, so it, it had like the, oh, that like angelic kind of, you know, that, that can be used in many ways. You can use that to be spooky. You can use it to be... Right, but you add the backwards component, and that, that that makes it spooky. Yeah, it was very very eerie. I remember a little bit of it, but again, it didn't stick. Like I can't tell you that I'm remembering it right now, other than that factor. Yeah, uh, actually, I'm I'm strange in this um, in this manner. When I first saw the movie, what stuck with me about the orgy scene were not the bodies or anything. It was the music and the mass. I was so creeped out by the mass and the fact that he was so exposed. Everyone could see his face that it, to me, that whole sequence, the orgy sequence is super non-sexual. It's, there's nothing erotic about it. I, I, I was so creeped out throughout, throughout that sequence. I'm going to have to agree we saw about just as as much as you can get away with in film, especially in the '90s, without it going to an X-rated film. And yet, I, I was never uh, uh, taken aback by the sexuality of it. Rather, the, the the sheer horror. Funny you say that. It almost did get an X rating. What oh, he did, yeah. What they did at is actually they went back because they feared they were going to get an X rating. So they superimposed bodies. Uh, they did this with the technology available in 1999 to superimpose bodies on uh, some of the uh, individuals having sex. Right. It, I mean, you can, you have to cover it. There, there, yeah. there cannot be. I mean, I think that movie was just one thrust away from being X-rated and we kept <laughs> it alive. Yeah, it's just one thrust. You know, there's like imagine the guys yeah. working the ratings, going crazy. Like, oh, I think that I think that did it. No, no, he needs he needs one more to make this X-rated. One more. Okay, we don't have it. It's rated R. Yeah. No, no, that's something he had to compromise on because otherwise they were going to slap him with an X rating. Hmm. And he knew that that X rating that that's it that that would kill. Uh, the number of people that would go watch the movie. Of course, of course, of course. I mean, because after all, uh, you know, it's taboo and shit. You can't, you can't watch that. Yeah. Especially in the nineties when to watch those movies, you had to go to a store and do the walk of shame, walk out with the bag, the, the video rooms in the back that wouldn't have survived. No, wouldn't have made it. Um, you know, my uncle would have probably watched it, but 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. Full I don't disclosure, know. everyone. I know his uncle. Oh shit! Come on, man. <laughs> I don't even have an uncle. All right, no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, for all I know, that's not even my uncle. Um, life Kubricked me. It's not. It's a mystery. It's not my uncle. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, but but yeah. So I agree with you. I agree with how eerie the scene was to the point where you have a very sexually stimulating scene. And I don't mean that in, a, in, in, the, in the weird way it sounds. I mean to the, to the viewer. Like sometimes I'm trying to captivate you sexually. Other times I'm trying to captivate you mysteriously. I think that was a, a great fusion of horror, mystery, unknown with sexuality in it that even though it's in the forefront, it's literally, literally in the forefront. He used bodies to block the, the, the scenes of orgies, which you know were happening because you can see kind of the framework around what was happening. And yet you're still freaking out like oh man and here's the thing it, it doesn't let you down because he's going from one room to the next and every time he turns a corner yeah. you're expecting to see something you're almost going oh shit this is just you know if, if you go to a haunted house save the best for last you know yeah so i'm waiting uh, for the big i, I love shots like that by the way and you're right it has that shining quality where it's going from room to room and the camera is following the individual i i i think this movie is one of the most non-sexual sexual movies out there right so the scene with nicole kidman sure she has a top where it's virtually a see-through top but she's entrapping him and it, it the scene is not erotic for me at all no then there's the scene with the hooker and then you later find out oh shit he just escaped death so whatever eroticism it had, now you realize, oh shit, there was nothing erotic about that. He could have died. And then of course, in the orgy, it, it's just creepy. It's spooky. It is. It is. Um, yeah. So given your dislike for mystery, are you ready for our next movie? Are you going to make it a mystery or are you going to tell me? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Okay. But if, it, okay, if, so if Eyes Wide Shut frustrated you, you're going to be 10 times more frustrated by our next movie. I'm, I'm pushing you to the deep end of the pool. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so before you mislabel me as someone who doesn't like mystery, I, I like mystery, but I also like to understand the artistic importance behind having that mystery. You'll be the judge. So let's try Brian Glazer. By the way, Brian Glazer, British director. He did uh, Sexy Beast. And since we're speaking of Nicole Kidman, uh, he did a movie called Birth with Nicole Kidman. But the one, the movie I want to suggest for our next episode is Under the Skin. Under the Skin. Okay. Yes. What year did that come out? Just curious for our viewers. Uh, two, uh, 2000s. Okay. So it's, it's the two, modern. 2000 teens, maybe. It's not too old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, did you hate it when that happens to you? When um, people tell you, oh, that movie's old. And you look at the year, it's five years ago. Yeah. And do you hate this? What do you call the decade of the teens? I mean, I'm probably going to do what you hate, but I'll call it the 2010s. I guess. It's just, 
yeah, it, it's, I don't know why it's awkward. Was that your, was me. that your, well, I mean, think about it. We're in the roaring twenties right now again. We're in the roaring twenties. Yeah. We're, we're in the twenties. We're living in the twenties. It's coronavirus. It's real. It's all here, man. It's just shit. Absolute horse shit. This is, the, yeah. you know, but so what, and what would you our, our great depression is coming a little sooner. <laughs> fuck if you human history is to repeat itself right so in about yeah. 20 years we got a holocaust coming I'm, i can't wait for the century to end i don't want to see what happens <laughs> well, i can't wait for ditler to do his thing and <laughs> you imagine <laughs> and abraham ditler oh geez oh man anyway but look i, I do want to um so so we're doing under the skin um yes cool if, if, okay well hold on we're gonna do under the skin but next episode, let's not forget, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you if you enjoyed the movie overall. If you think that this was too much of a heavy lift, given that we've gone from eyes wide shut to something now like under the skin, we can roll back and okay. try something a little less mysterious. Or you may tell me, hey, I loved under the skin. Let's go even deeper. Okay. Uh, I would hate to end such a, a an episode with let's go deeper. Um, <laughs> let's let's do this uh, real quick. I have one last thing. What did you What did you take from Eyes Wide Shut overall? Like, if you had to give me the pinpoint, like the powerpoints, a movie about civilization is fragile. Family marriage is extremely fragile and we have to do our utmost to maintain this, this structure or this civilization. And sometimes it's on the back of less fortunate ones. Also, but maybe I'm, I'm too much under the sway of Freud. What about you? Uh, yeah. And of course, that's, that's kind of the feeling I'm walking away with. Also, you know, the, the fact that the consequences are through the roof when you deviate, the, the potential for consequences is, is huge, right? Because you shatter things that everyone craves at the end of the day. Like, it's crazy how, you know, the whole point society wise, not biologically, but because of obviously two different things with society wise, the whole point of yearning for someone you're compatible with and that you can share a long life with that is on the same page as you as on many things that you get through life adventures together and you can count on that is in my opinion i i, I say at the core of everyone's what we all crave is just an extra helper who can fulfill and and partake in our needs with us right in this case the sexual desires the companionship everything that we would need um we all crave that but the deviations from that are, are super distracting and, and it's crazy how we are built to, to potentially destroy it all in seconds because we do I mean, see, we do see interacting, yeah. we do see interacting sexually with other people as, as, as a break of that bond. I mean, from a very primitive standpoint, as a male, if I'm investing in you, I'm, 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 I'm leaving the cave primitive I'm leaving the cave. I'm picking cherries. I'm picking fruits. I'm hunting down animals. I'm risking my life. I'm coming back and you're fucking another dude. You know, like I'm bringing this food to share with you because you mean something to me and I want to impregnate you. I want to, to do all the things, you know, that are biologically driven driving forces in us. And now you're, you're pretty much 
uh, providing him with some of the resources that we give each other. And I think that, you know, we the, like the movie presents all these distractions as, as something that is in us um, with, with all, constantly pr- uh, giving us the portrayal of dire consequences is pretty much the spirit of the film, I would say, to a certain degree. Yeah. And, and if you look at Kubrick's oeuvre, I mean, Clockwork Orange, it's about these, these thugs that are potentially destroying the very structure of civilization. So they have to be retrained, or at least one of them, Alex, is retrained to enter back into society. Um, full Metal Jacket, right? So we're, we're creating these individuals to be killing machines in war. Right, but it, it's it's this. We're creating this these individuals to be violent in a very specific way, one that furthers a political interest. Right, mm-hmm. so it, it, society is dependent on these things, but they have to be channeled correctly. I, I you see, or at least I see that theme in most of Kubrick's work which essentially is a very conservative uh, position. Hmm. Interesting. And um, yeah, I would ha- I'm going to have to sit on that for a second. Um, I'd like to close with this. Eyes Wide Shut, the title name, what we opened with. Uh, what better way to close it? So Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, eyes Wide Shut. And next, we're going to get it under your skin. Danny. <laughs> I can't wait till the movie called Anal Probe. Um, no, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, Eyes Wide Shut as a title, the significance of the title for Stanley Kubrick's selection of the title. What 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 do you think it resent? Like ultimately, what's your what's your bottom line of of the name Eyes Wide Shut for the movie? Sex and death are right in front of us, and many times we're we're not aware of it. Could it could awareness be argued to be something that is there, like Tom Cruise's awareness, but that it, it takes time to build? And even if you see it sometimes, you're still gonna just close your eyes and hope for the best, kind of like what he does when he gets death threats and is asked, please just keep your eyes shut. Do not keep inquiring. And he still does. Yeah. Yeah, that that's another fair interpretation of the title. Also, how 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 much we're not aware of uh those beneath us, which you get the sense that after the odyssey of that night, he before had not been aware of these individuals, the prostitutes, the the costume guy potentially selling his daughter, etc. It's It's as if this is a big awakening for him, that these individuals exist. I mean, he's conscious of it, but not really till that night. Hmm. I think that's that's kind of poetic. I do, I do, I do, I do dig that. So, well, well I think uh, unless you've got another another uh, inter- last thing, no, I, th- I think we wrapped it up nicely. We're gonna do under the skin next uh, episode. We're trying to figure out, guys, when these should be dropping, how frequently. So we'll go with that. We'll go with next time until we can make it happen. Uh, so if you're listening still, congratulations. You've you've endured enough. It's uh, I think it's been like over two hours, man, or about two hours. It's crazy. Time flew. 
So uh, although we are a sports podcast, I am off-branding this episode. It's going to be called The Film Huddle is what I'm thinking of going with here. So I think something is born here. It's going to be a side huddle from the main sports. We have coronavirus going on, and, and I've been getting into movies again. So um, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's Game On, a, a sports podcast, and Game On Everyone if you're actually on Twitter. Uh, once again, Mr. Psychosis, it's been a pleasure for real, I, I really did enjoy this this because I really needed it. <laughs> I really needed it. Been a pleasure, Danny. Let's uh, let's do under the skin. Cool. Don't hang up uh, right away. Um, I'll stop recording and then we're gonna we're gonna just one last thing I gotta tell you for next episode and we're good. Guys, have a great night. Game on, sports podcast for everyone. You've been listening to Danny Miami and Mr. Psychosis. See you next time for Under the Skin. Peace.